Welcome to the Parenting in Uniform podcast. My name is Claudia. I became a mom after 16 years of active duty service. That's when I discovered the disparity in knowledge amongst our military leaders concerning service members who are pregnant, postpartum, breastfeeding, and just dealing with military life while balancing families at home. I hope this podcast helps to enlighten us all on parenting while serving our nation. The Parenting in Uniform podcast has its first sponsor, the Lady Brigade. Lady Brigade is a small, homegrown clothing business that personally designs and sells apparel and accessories for both lady veterans and service members, as well as lady civilians. Lady Brigade is all about unapologetically celebrating the femininity, strength, and fearlessness of all ladies with unique messaging like, any girl can wear her heels, but it takes a woman to wear combat boots. My personal favorite is a t-shirt I purchased over, gosh, maybe three years ago now, and it says, I do my own stunts, and it has pictures of parachutes on it. Lady Brigade is determined to always provide high-quality products that are made in the United States. So please, check out the Lady Brigade at ladybrigade.com. You'll also find the link in the show notes. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Parenting in Uniform. I'm happy to have back Lieutenant Colonel Kelly Bell. So Kelly was on the very first episode of Parenting in Uniform, where we discussed a lot of the policies for pregnancy and postpartum soldiers in particular, but we also talked the other services a little bit. So welcome back, ma'am. Hi, it's good to be back. Great. So could you just give us a brief um, little summary background on what it is that you do in the Army? Sure. So I'm a lieutenant colonel in the Army Reserve. I'm currently on active duty orders with the reserve units doing uh, medical advising for COVID, which keeps me pretty busy, but I'm very active on social media in several mom and women groups for the Army, and I'm also administrator on the Breastfeeding and Combat Boots page and its sister sites. So I'm very active through those sites with advocating for soldiers throughout the Army and other DOD services in terms of postpartum and breastfeeding policies. Excellent. So today we were going to discuss Fort Campbell's new policy. No, not Fort Campbell necessarily, but 101st in particular. And then also the Defense Advisory Committee in the services. So I'll just let you start. Sure. Um, Through being an administrator and active on these social media sites, I do get contacted quite often by soldiers that are having command issues in terms of following policies, what do the policies mean? And I was working with a couple soldiers from Fort Campbell that were coming up on NTC rotations, but their children or their babies actually were still quite young. One of them, their baby was only four months old and their command wanted to send them to NTC. And so I worked with them and also with legal client services at Fort Campbell who drafted some memos for those soldiers kind of explaining the various policies that are out there and connecting them in an effort to have the soldiers stay back for this NTC rotation until their babies were a little bit older. And so they were left back in their rear. They did not have to go forward to NTC, which was a win for them. And through that process, I was contacted by a staff sergeant at Fort Campbell that's in charge of their P3T program, which is their pregnancy and postpartum physical training program. 
And she contacted me because she had been working on a policy for the division surgeon of the 101st Airborne Division to sign that talked about the P3T program, but also pulled together all of the regulations that are out there uh, that pertain to postpartum and breastfeeding because it's hard to go through all of them and commanders don't know what's out there, nor do they really have time to piece everything together. And so the policy, when she sent it to me, was pretty much written. It was about to be pushed forward for final approval through their channels. And so I worked with her in terms of the big issue that's out there is how long are women deferred for? Is it four months, six months, 12 months? And what does that deferment include? And so they took the legal interpretation from the attorney at Fort Campbell and incorporated into their Fort Campbell 101st policy that their 12-month deferment includes field training, mobility exercises, combined training centers, deployments, or anything that creates TCS and TDY orders, as well as overseas assignments. And they did not specify whether or not that is at your home duty station or whether you are actually leaving your home duty station. So a lot of times, especially with active duty components, they might do a field training exercise, but it's at their home duty station. So their commander will come back and say, well, that doesn't count as a for the deferment because you're staying at home duty station. However, you're still separated from your baby for that time period. So that this policy is a huge, huge win for the 101st Airborne soldiers during that first 12 months. And the other exciting thing about this policy is that it talks about the breastfeeding support of soldiers. It does state that it's at least one year, which is now incorporated into AR 600-20. They just released a revision in July incorporating the whole Army Directive, which is now Army Regulation. But they put in additional wording here that says in field operations after 12-month operational deferment, commanders will designate a private space, et cetera, et cetera. So their policy also officially extends the breastfeeding support beyond 12 months, which is another huge win and another issue that a lot of uh, breastfeeding and pumping moms face and that commanders will read the guidance to say, oh, I don't have to support you beyond one year. And that's not really the intent of the policy. And so Fort Campbell's policy extends it beyond 12 months. Right. So that was super exciting. And, and especially for the breastfeeding right now with the COVID environment, we're encouraged to continue to breastfeed our children longer simply for the whole immune support that breastfeeding is supposed to provide as well so that's fantastic yep absolutely there's so many health benefits that are being studied right now Mm -hmm. in terms of extended breastfeeding with intelligence even things such as the long-term health benefits decreased diabetes decreased obesity decreased cardiovascular disease increased intelligence and then like you said with covid those antibodies for the little ones are are key right now so This is definitely a huge win and working on a proposal to revise the AR 600-20 wording 
And I'm going to include some of this wording here because I want to get rid of the, a minimum of one year since that's kind of a, a sticking point for a lot of commanders. I want that completely taken out. So this is a great start that Fort Campbell has with their new policy. Right. So for at least a year. Right. So commanders will say that's what the policy says. It says at least a year, but commanders will take that to mean only a year. Mm -hmm. And a lot of I get contacted quite often by soldiers that are saying my commanders told me I have to stop breastfeeding at a year. Okay, well, a it's not your commander's decision when you stop breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. So it's an issue that that wording is even in there at all. So I'm drafting a proposal to have that wording taken out. Great. And then going back to the 12-month deferment for deployment or overseas assignments, when it includes the field training, mobility exercises, combined training centers, and deployments or anything that creates a TCS or TDY orders, that is also something that soldiers can get an exception to policy for as well. Yes, absolutely. Obviously, we recognize that there's there's moms out there, there's soldiers out there that don't breastfeed, or they maybe they're still comfortable doing a short-term field training exercise or whatever, and they want to do the mission or they want to take the deployment. So absolutely, the soldier can waive that deferment at any time. They just have to get approval from their healthcare provider. They're recognizing all of the changes that a female body goes through for pregnancy and then birth and that the healing process really is extended out. And so part of that is to make sure that the, the soldier's body has fully healed as well from uh, the pregnancy and childbirth process to make sure that she doesn't re-injure herself by trying to do some of the activities that would be part of the training exercises. So yes, absolutely, soldiers can waive any of these deferments. They just need to get verification from their healthcare provider that it's safe to do so. Right. And you mentioned the the physical aspect of it as far as the healing piece, but I think there's a big mental health aspect to it as well. You know, separating a mother from a child too soon can be devastating. You know, definitely. It leads to soldiers separating earlier than they otherwise would have a lot of times as well. Yep. I think it's a huge retention issue or can be sometimes. You know, you think of the hormones and postpartum depression. And so often postpartum depression goes undiagnosed or underdiagnosed and untreated or undertreated. And it's for a lot of these reasons, soldiers weren't given the opportunity to defer some of these missions. And so they just pushed forward and all our hormone levels changing after pregnancy, it really affects a lot of things mentally and physically. That's right. So if anybody wants to see these, this policy, I, I posted it on the Parenting in Uniform Facebook page as well, which is just a great resource in general because it has all of the different, the ARs and the Alarax, the DAPAM that's, meant, that's referenced, everything that has all the policies in there. So it's three pages long and it's also been signed by Major General Winsky. Yeah, so this is an official policy. It was uh, sent out Thursday from Fort Campbell. And so it's being sent out through all the channels and will be officially published. I don't know if they have like a publication website or something, but probably by October. But this is an official policy. It's been signed, like Claudia said, by Major General Winsky. And if other soldiers are at other bases, you can take this policy 
and present it to your P3T folks. And hopefully this policy can become a model policy for other bases. I know that the Fort Bliss policy that was written several years ago now, their breastfeeding policy became the Army's breastfeeding policy. That became our Army directive that is now incorporated into AR 600-20. So definitely take this policy to your P3T folks and request that it also becomes policy there. Hopefully, if all goes well, my next job will be as a battalion commander. And I plan to copy this policy and make it one of my own battalion policies as well. Everyone will want you to be our battalion commander. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, and that's how policies work. Very rarely do we write a policy from scratch. So you always share and reuse them shamelessly. Uh, Absolutely. You know, if it works, use it. Was there anything else you wanted to discuss about it? No, I don't think so. I, I'm just really excited about this policy for Fort Campbell, and I'm hopeful that other policy or other bases will take this policy and make it their own. Mm-hmm. And how about the Defense Advisory Committee in the services? Can you tell us what that is? Sure. So I just recently kind of learned about it. So it's the Defense Advisory on Women in the Services, and it's directed by the DOD have this committee and people are nominated to be on the committee and they come from all all the different services have members on the committee and I don't know all the details but I had reached out to them because I really wanted to kind of push forward a better postpartum deferment policy like what Fort Campbell now has that would be army-wide because we don't have clear guidance that covers everything compos in the army so we've got reserve and national guard as well and So I had sent an email to their general inbox, and you never know what happens when you send an email to some of those general inboxes. Is it going to come back? Is someone even going to respond? And so last Wednesday, someone responded and was like, yes, we'd love to hear your proposal. You can submit it as a public comment submission. We have our next meeting is coming up in September, and the deadline is the 24th. So I had like four days. Four or five days, basically, to put this proposal together. And of course, I had stuff in my head, and I've been working with other soldiers on what we would like the policy to look at. But if I'm submitting something official to a committee, I, you know, obviously wanted a good product. So I very quickly took all the policies from the different services and basically tried. I took the best of all of them, and they were pretty similar to other services. And took that and rewrote basically our policy as a proposal that would clearly define kind of like the Fort Campbell one does everything that's included in the postpartum deferment. And the Marine Corps policy is absolutely fantastic. And it covers a lot of stuff, as does the Navy. I mean, the Air Force is pretty good, too, so don't get me wrong. But And ironically, all of those services, they all, including the Coast Guard, has 12 months and it includes TDY and all the exercises. So the Army is the only one that right now truly does not have a 12-month deferment from being away from baby. So we do lag behind. So I put that right up in front. The Army lags behind because no one wants to be last. So hopefully that will help to push this forward. And in the proposal, I have all the different services and specifically what their deferments is. So they can see, hey, look, I 
I basically copied the other services and here's my proposal and it aligns us with the other services. And so their committee meets in just a few days, actually. I think they, the meeting starts on the 2nd. So it will be part of their meeting. It's a two-day meeting and the comments will be posted publicly for anyone to see. So I'll get you that link once I know that the proposal is up on their website. I will, Claudia, I'll get you that link so you can put it up there. And then the proposal was forwarded by someone, a civilian higher up in Department of the Army, said she forwarded the proposal to the policy writers for situational awareness and consideration. So that's kind of exciting because it's getting out there for people to see. And I put in research in there. So there's research from the CDC, from WHO, from Healthy People 2030, a couple other things that talk about breastfeeding, the importance of it. And I also incorporated uh, SIDS in there because it's important to keep babies for that first year of life with their primary caregiver first from a SIDS perspective as well. And I tried to make the proposal as inclusive as I could. So it's not just moms, it's parents and it, could be dad or mom, because we all know situations are different for everyone. So maybe mom's not in the picture. You never know. And, and dual military. Included, right. You've got dual military. So maybe mom's like, you know what? I'm okay going. Let's yeah. keep dad home. Yeah. And then you also have adoptive parents. And so I included the postpartum, or I call it the parental deferment, would also include adoptive parents of newborns. So I really try to include the primary caregiver, a primary caregiver for that first year of life. So it wasn't just female soldiers. Uh, it's an inclusive policy as well. All right. Um, so. And I like that it included limitations for 24-hour duties like staff duty, CQ, mm-hmm. field training. You know. Right. It's hard even if you put the intent of the policy in there and say, you know, the intent is to keep mom and baby together. Well, that's great. But a commander's going to be like, but I'm still going to make you do CQ duty every other day mm-hmm. because you're not going to this training exercise. So right. now you're in the rear. So I'm going to put you on CQ two to three times a week. Which well, defeats the purpose. Exactly. <laughs> so it's sad that we had to be that specific when I laid out the proposal at the same time commanders are going to take a policy and they're going to say well that's not in there so I'm going to make you do this and I'm not saying all commanders but you know we we see it all the time and that that part actually I think is from the Marine Corps policy if I'm not mistaken it's either the Navy or the Marine Corps policy had like fire guard written into it might have been the marine policy has Mm -hmm. fire guard written it right into their policy so it's already out there in the services that's great okay so i never heard of it this uh committee so it's the defense advisory committee on women in the services yes and so i was not very familiar with it either until a few weeks ago or yeah, like probably about a week and a half, really. I mean, I'd heard of it, but I didn't really know what they did. I didn't know how you contacted them. Right. And I was looking up something else, and the abbreviation kept popping up. And so I did a little bit more research, and actually I have a Facebook page. So I'm now following their Facebook page. Oh, wow. And okay. I think it was on the Facebook page was where I saw the general inbox. So again, mm-hmm. how I operate, I'm like, I'm just going to email them because that's what I do. And I got a response back. And so here we are. We'll see what happens. 
Oh, great. And they did, yeah, they did get back to me too and said, so they do kind of like research projects. They're told like what areas to focus on each year. And so I was told that in one of their email responses back to me that in 2021, and I don't know if that means calendar or fiscal year, but they are supposed to be right now, it's their understanding that they're supposed to be focusing on pregnancy and postpartum issues. Okay. So that kind of leads into some of the other projects that I'm working on. I'll um, include a link to on the show notes for that committee so people can just sure. click to it and follow it. Yeah, they've got a there's a website and they also have a Facebook. Page. Okay. Interesting. I just went to the Facebook page. So there's a, a picture. I guess all these people in the picture must be on the committee. Mm-hmm. Yep. I wonder who they are. And some of them are retired military. They all um, look retired. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. Yes, they do. But yeah, I know some of the committee members are, I think there's one that's a retired general, Major General Polak. She was one of the chief of the Army Nurse Corps. She is a former committee member. So yeah, some good people on there. I don't know the current members. I haven't researched them. But I am putting together a proposal for the December meeting. So that paper will probably be due in, in November, depending on when that meeting is in December. So I don't know if you want to We could talk about that a little bit too, if you want. Yes, please do. Yes. So another hot topic, obviously, with soldiers is trying to go to PME to get promoted, but can't go to PME because you're pregnant, so you're on a temporary profile. Mm -hmm. And so the Army, again, I believe, is the only service that does not allow pregnant women to go to PME, which in some cases can push you back one, two, three years in terms of promotion. And even with this whole COVID situation where a lot of the enlisted PME went to virtual, there's still soldiers out there that are being denied a slot in the virtual class because, again, they have a temporary profile because pregnancy is considered a temporary profile. So no logic. Right. Um, And so they don't make an exception for pregnancy in terms of the temporary profile. So I am going to be starting a proposal for that. The Air Force recently changed their policy to specifically allow pregnant women to attend their PME. The Marine Corps, I think it's the Marine Corps policy, states they can even go to a one-year course while pregnant. And I'm not, I don't have the navies memorized, but I am soliciting stories because I feel like it's important for people to hear stories. And I don't care how raw they are. I'm going to put together a sort of storybook of soldiers that have been held back from promotion because they can't go to PME because they've been pregnant. And so what I'm putting together a storybook right now that on a separate topic. And what I did for that was I just used first names, their rank, and what base the soldier was at. If it was more of an uncommon first name, uh, I used a first initial of their name. So Mm-hmm. it's not going to be so out there that, you know, people need to worry about getting in trouble or anything like that. I really just want the stories. Okay. Um, so if you want to, you can put my email address in there. And if soldiers have been held back because they can't go to uh, school, I definitely want to hear your stories because I want to put that together in a storybook. And if they could put in the topic pregnancy and PME, then it'll go right into my folder that I have. And I'm hoping put together a bunch of stories to submit with a proposal to make the exception that yes, pregnancy is considered a temporary profile because it's not a permanent condition. However, these soldiers should still be afforded the opportunity to go to PME 
because it's affecting their careers. Absolutely is. Yeah. I mean, especially on the enlisted side, I would say. Mm -hmm. Yep, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. On the officer side, I mean, and I've been at our PME with pregnant soldiers, so I don't think it's as big of an issue as it is on the enlisted side, for sure. Right, because I've been to the captain's career course, and then Mm -hmm. also I did Marine Command Staff College, actually, and that was, at Marine Command Staff College, that was when a lot of, there were several females who were pregnant, and first of all, there Mm -hmm. aren't very many pregnant, (laughs) or there aren't very many females anyway at that level. Yeah, they had a few Marine Corps who were pregnant. And I was Army, I wouldn't have even thought that was an option, so that Mm -hmm. was yeah, they exactly. were taking advantage. The Marines took advantage of PME as a time to also get surgeries. So a lot of the men mm-hmm. were getting surgeries on, finally on their knees, things like that, mm. when they they'd have time to heal. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And here we are in the Army. You have a temporary profile, you can't go. So Right. And this was 2015, 2016. And what mm-hmm. we did was just Skype for those soldiers who, or Marines rather, who were back at home. Mm-hmm. convalescent leave so right. they were able to skype in which is what everybody's doing these days right so, yeah so let's send a soldier to their pme virtually mm-hmm. while they're pregnant but some soldiers aren't even afforded that opportunity so that's my next big proposal for the defense advisory committee on women in the services so yeah i'd love to get stories from from soldiers great so i will definitely include your email address in the show notes as well sure excellent is there anything else you'd like to um, update us on? Not right now, I don't think. Okay. Well, we'll continue to to link up and do these chats so I can share them on the on the podcast and everyone can get the information. I appreciate it very much, ma'am. Thank you. Sure. Anything else for me? Oh, no, not right now. Just we'll we'll talk again in about a month hopefully. Okay, excellent. <laughs> Great. Thanks. This podcast has no affiliation with the Department of Defense nor any of the military units or organizations mentioned. This podcast is for information only. Statements and views made by guests are not necessarily those of the host, and no statements should be construed as fact or medical advice.